0: podcasting the PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick we take care of our own
1: now here's Miller and Condon Miller and Condon, welcome back. to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent and I with you until noon in about 15 minutes or thereabouts. Dave Sproul, our friend from KASI, our sister station in Ames, will join the program. We'll do some Iowa State conversation with Dave. And then about 1140, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Uh, he's a handicapper, football mm-hmm. handicapper, but um, sports wagering handicapper. I'm going to pick his brain. We'll pick his brain on uh, how's he going to go about it this fall. I'm I'm Home field advantage. It's gone.
2: Or is it bigger? I, travel. No fans. And how different travel may be now. Day of the game. Day of the game. College teams taking buses and not flying. Right. When Iowa State goes to Kansas or Kansas State, they're going to bus. Mm-hmm. How big of an impact is that? You know, we're hearing Mac schools. That aren't going to have when they're at home. You know, teams stay in a hotel even if they're in their home city, just to get right. kids, kids out of trouble. Well, that's not happening anymore. No. D- d- well, I would do that. Will Iowa State do that? This right. Year. I think they're going to be financially okay. That they probably will, but we'll see. It's a... for for other ones that it's not going to be the case. And all of a sudden, you wake up that morning and you know what? You're starting defensive back he was out a little late last night. Hmm. He didn't get arrested, but he was at the bar till two it's 11 a.m. kickoff him. I saw him on my own two eyes look here's a picture of him on Twitter uh, oh yeah yeah there you go
1: well some pop-up Instagram and there he is he cloned down the bar oh man we'll see so so what effect does this will, will this virus have when it comes to how college sports will they be forced to put out an injury report I mean they're they've there's been talk about it the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. More and more states are now offering. And transparency is so important. It is so important in sports wagering. I'm not making this to sound like colleges need to bow down to guys that bet on games. Mm-hmm. That's not it. They're not beholden. But transparency, uh, with a capital T, because as Tom Kagan is 100% right, if someone on the team has the virus, then every the team will know the team The player will then tell their parents, you would assume. Their parents want to – I mean, the schools may be – if something happens, they may tell the parents at the same time. You know what I mean? Right, They might – I don't know, be forced isn't the word, but um, they might, you know, send out an email, a mass email to the parents that there's uh, COVID is your son or your daughter. We're doing our best to, you know, to to, to prevent this uh, from uh, uh, from affecting them. But wanted to let you know that three of the three of his or her t- teammates have uh, been diagnosed uh, with with the virus in terms of and being... if they do. Do they keep that to themselves?
2: I doubt it. Well, in being upfront, you're talking about it from the gambling component and, and looking at it that way, and the transparency. But the team you're playing, you, be it your conference brethren or just a non-conference opponent that you're paying a million dollars to come in, and you got 15 cases. Don't you, as a university? Don't you, as an athletic? Department, well, I would I would hope tell... they're not
1: on the field to begin with to play? Sure,
2: but asymptomatic kids, yeah. things like that. It's been on our campus those types of things you would have to figure Mm -hmm. you have to let those other schools know Mm -hmm. you're bringing 65, 85 players onto that campus onto that football field into those facilities where there's been an outbreak I think you have to be upfront about that and then the decision what happens if Michigan says you know what we're not going or Oklahoma says we're scheduled to play in Kansas State this year and they have their offensive line has been stricken with this. They still want to play the game, but do we want to play the game? Do we want to put our players in that spot too? These are the continuous hurdles that we're talking about. So many different angles to look at it from, and we're still talking about universities. We're right. still talking about student athletes. Student athletes, amateurs that aren't being paid, and how difficult is that going to be? Those conversations that are going to. They're gonna be big conversation certainly.
1: Yeah, no no doubt about it, Trent. Uh, look we are we feel pretty good about I mean schools are gonna allow players back on athletes back on campus as of Monday. Mm-hmm. As of Monday, and they're gonna take all the precautions they possibly can. But there's an outbreak in Oklahoma State. There's one in is it old Miss or Mississippi State? One of those two schools um um in the state of Mississippi. That was made public yesterday. Alabama has a bunch. And this is just, and they 've just been allowed to be back on campus, so the first couple of days of this new experiment haven't necessarily gone extremely well, right right and now we're about to have all of these schools open up and I'm, and I'm not criticizing the schools. the virus doesn't care, it just doesn't now, for the most part, they're not going to get sick, but they're going to have the symptoms, right, mm-hmm. and they're going to be you know carriers and be able to pass it on. Um, We'll see. There's a lot of ground to be covered before the ball goes in the air on the Labor Day weekend Saturday, or Thursday in this case.
2: The good news is there is still as much time before the start of that football season compared to when this all began There in the middle of March. Isn't it crazy to think about? There's still that much of a gap from right now until we actually get to football season. Are we still that far out? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? We're at the halfway point. It is. It feels like it
1: feels like it's been going on forever. Just trying to remember what it was even after things were, were shutting down. You called the last live sporting event in the state of Iowa right. until this weekend in Knoxville yeah. goes. Fingers crossed. Hope I mean I I'm, I'm anxious for fans of that of of that sport of the sprint car. Good for you. Yes. I mean enjoy yourselves. Joy, be safe but enjoy yourselves it's great to see now that you get to go back and enjoy your sport
2: i think uh i saw maybe it was wednesday night there was a dirt track over by cedar rapids that had allowed fans into really as they were getting started okay, good. so yeah we're getting more and more uh-huh. of that that's starting to happen we'll get high school baseball a week from monday and yep. and the start of that what it's going to be like i'm i'm so excited to get out there and just to see what the environment's going to be and what the fans are going to be. And I'm just thinking of these different ballparks and the way that they're
1: set up. You know what? You said, let me stop you there because um, let me pick your brain a little bit mm-hmm. on the fans. Have you seen how they're going to handle this? I mean, we know what they're doing with the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an outdoor sport, so you would think that they'll be, they would allow fans to ring the outfield if you want. How about the bleachers uh, behind home play? What, uh, how, will, how will schools handle this? Do you know? Pretty and much. And is it a one-size-fits-all? or they're, It's going to be up to each individual
2: school, okay. and they're going to make those deci- decisions and determinations. Um, social distancing, from everything that I've seen, certainly in central Iowa, is the stands are going to be maybe for families only, like moms and dads only. Mm-hmm. And they'll have the social distancing there. You're not going to be sitting next to other families. But I've seen a lot of different places that have said, if you're coming to the game, plan on bringing a lawn chair or standing the whole game.
1: That's where they have to do it, I think.
2: That's going to be the determination. You know what? If you want to come and there's nowhere to sit in the bleachers, that's what you're going to do. And if you didn't bring a chair, well, you're going to be sitting in the grass and watching. Mm -hmm. That way you're going to be standing, and that's the way that you're going to have to do it. You know, another component of this that, I guess I didn't think about initially, is when they said no concession stands, right? I kind of thought to me, in my mind, eh, no big deal. And I was talking to somebody that's a, a school b- a booster, part of the booster club in one of our communities, and they said a huge percentage of the money that, not just for the booster club, but for the school as a whole, they bring in a lot of income from that, I mean, you get a hot dog Look for 4 a bucks then
1: on friday nights and, and, and you're getting yeah. a cheeseburger for 6 bucks right. and
2: you're getting walking taco yeah and all, that adds yeah. up really quickly mm-hmm. and the margin on high school athletics is incredibly thin and you're taking that away now we're talking high school baseball and softball the numbers aren't the same as football and we'll see what it looks like by the time we get there but if that is something that goes into next school season and we do have events but no concession stands that's going to impact a lot of these athletic departments in a big way. Something that another one of those hurdles that we talk about.
1: Yeah, indeed. Well, a week for where will you be a week from Monday?
2: Going to uh, scheduled to be at Des Moines Roosevelt. They will be. They don't have lights at their facility, so they're double headers as opposed to five and seven o'clock, who most everybody in the CML plays. They play three thirty and five thirty. Sent the email. Talked to the athletic depart, uh, athletic director a little bit earlier this week. Tracy Johnson over there. He did want to double-check, though, and ask Des Moines Public Schools, his bosses, make sure it was okay for me to be there because Des Moines Public Schools... Well, they're limiting media everywhere, and a little more parameters that the public schools in Des Moines have. Everybody that shows up to the games, if you're going to North, Lincoln, East, Roosevelt, who'd I miss? Hoover, those five, you need to be masked up. I haven't seen that for every other school, but for the Des Moines Public Schools, if you're going there... You also so you'll to have to it. call the game while wearing a mask. Right. Yeah. And we'll see we'll see how that is, but we'll make it work we will make it work but scheduled to be there as long as I get the thumbs up from the higher ups at Des Moines Public Schools
1: I, I meant to ask you this earlier I know that you had a zoom event last night yeah. with uh, uh Banks and Dwight were part of it yeah so Tim uh Tim Dwight it's and their Tavia football Banks, camp yeah right? their yeah.
2: football camp last year about this time those guys came mm-hmm. in we also talked to Mitch Moore yeah, from B- Roosevelt yep the head coach on the football side there and talking about the event well it's canceled for this year right. so looking for something to do to kind of get their name out there, get it out there and supporting certainly what they do for Des Moines Roosevelt here in central Iowa over in Eastern Iowa. They help out with Western Dubuca and that program and, and a lot of the different events. But remember a year ago, they made it free for all the kids yes. too. And, that's part of it that we talked about that Zoom meeting. I'm going to put it together as a podcast for people that weren't a part of it last night. Uh, we'll put it up. Who again. else
1: was part of it? Did uh, Did Rosenfels come on? Yep,
2: Sage was there. Yeah. He had a Cyclone gear back behind him in the Zoom meeting. <laughs> so said, why wouldn't he? The guys were flipping a little crap at him <laughs> yeah. for that, which was fun. Yeah,
1: but good for you. the rivalry. Boy, it moves. Into it never the ever ends. It, it's awesome.
2: It never ends. Gary Dolphin was there, so got to talk to Dolph, which was a lot of fun. Hawkeye for fans me.
1: must have been feeling a little bit. The Cyclones must have got over on him yesterday because <laughs> at some point in the day. There was some Twitter about Iowa State's, you know, no dra- no player drafted, the uh, overall record. I mean, Hawk fans, anyways, it, it, never it just ends, never it ends.
2: ends. It doesn't. And that's what makes the rivalry uh-huh. great. But it, it was a really fun event. Uh, hopefully, looking forward to 2021, and they'll be able to do that again right here in Central Iowa. It's a great event. Was uh, just hearing so many people that were involved in it last year. No cost, kids from across the city, kids that. You know, don't and have when the When was to it going to be middle camps.
1: of July, isn't it? Somewhere early July. June, then? July, yeah, yeah. It's kind
2: of moved around a little bit. I think it was late June, maybe last year, that they had it the twenty first, something like that. Okay. That's when they target. But you know, there's so many of these football camps we hear about, but they're expensive. Yeah. They really cost, and Tim and Tavian have come together and, and made it the way. And also speaking of that, Tavian's got a new job. He's now working for YMCA here in Central Iowa and helping out the
1: community Good.
2: in that direction. Is so he they, still
1: helping out Coach Moore?
2: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. help it out there, too. And uh, they have an event coming up, and we'll have a PSA talking about the YMCA Absolutely. golf event for people certainly to help out. And looking forward to that one, too. So Absolutely. a lot of fun stuff last night.
1: All right. Let me, let's do this before we go to break. I want to uh, do a shout-out to our friends at the Des Moines Buccaneers, Nate Toyt and, of course, Mary Blakemore uh, over there. They sent us a T-shirt there. The Buccaneers have a T-shirt available for purchase with $5 from every shirt sold going to benefit the Urbandale Food Pantry. Buck the Virus! You get the plan. I got it. I got it. Thank you. Buck the Virus. If you're you're a hockey fan, if you want one of these shirts, you can see it by just going to Buckshockey.com. That's their website, Buckshockey.com. $5 out of the $20 purchase for the Buck the Virus t-shirt goes to benefit the Urbendale Food uh, Pantry. Thank you to the uh, GM over there, Nate. Point. Dave Sproul from KASI, Trent Nile, good get into Iowa State. We'll go back to that 2014-15 men's basketball program. Dave have covered the uh, Matt Campbell. Uh, he was out and about uh, during the week as well in the Ames community. Find out what was going on with that as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and 106. Hero, you just need to care. Larry Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports coming up in about 15, 20 minutes or thereabouts. Right now, Dave Sproul from our sister station in Ames, K-A-S-I. He covers Iowa State and the Big 12. Dave, uh, good morning. Thank you for, uh, for coming on. Uh, before we get into it, fellas, uh, some breaking news regarding Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has been hit with a one with a postseason ban for one level one violation which goes back to that um the recruiting uh scandal that went to court the FBI trial etc oh, yeah, yeah yeah this uh this uh, assistant coach is no longer on the staff but they got a one-year postseason ban for having one Kansas has five yeah they'll, they'll get to that by 2035. or is this Kansas's punishment? punishing Oklahoma State. <laughs> the old the old uh, Cleveland State line from right. Tarcadia back in the day. Kansas has has 5 of them against them. We know what happened to Oklahoma State and apparently. They have the number 1 recruit in the country, a kid by the name of yeah. Cade Cunningham, whose brothers on the staff. Um what do you what do you make of this Dave Sproul? obviously not good news for Oklahoma State, but Kansas is staring down the barrel of having 5 of these bad boys.
0: Yeah, it, it's really interesting, and I think uh, you know some of the takes of, of seeing on on Twitter and such uh, hold some water because the idea is the NCA, you know wants to be very proactive and and maybe bring the hammer down a little harder when it comes to this to the punishments in, in connection with that FBI investigation. So uh, this is kind of the first blow in in, in that uh, arena, and I think you know if, if I'm Kansas, it, it probably gives you a, a better idea of what you're fighting against the Bill Self and the. You know the Jayhawks administration have already come out pretty strongly against the allegations when it comes to that program. I haven't heard a lot of noise about Oklahoma State trying to, mm-hmm. you know, fight the, the these allegations. I'm sure they'll they'll appeal this punishment, but um, I, I think the the if if Kansas gets off a little easier or or the the punishment that the Jayhawks face isn't as proportionate, I think it's more reflective of the fact that Kansas is going to fight harder, might have more, more resources at oh. its disposal to fight that kind of allegation. Than any kind of fear of the NCAA would have against a powerhouse program like Kansas. I mean, they, they tried to go after, Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, in North Carolina some years back mm-hmm. uh, for the fake classes, and, and it was a giant gaping loophole UNC yes. was able to jump through to avoid any punishment there. It wasn't because they were afraid of the Blue Bed program, it's just because they, there was this, this giant loophole that, that allowed uh, UNC to escape really any real punishment with that. And Kansas is going to fight tooth and nail, and they're going to put all kinds of resources into that. And it's going to be a real uh, uh, fight, uh, just scratching and clawing between them and the NCA when it comes right down to it.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. They're going to have better lawyers, more highly paid lawyers, and more of them. Um, do, you, do you remember, guys, when, when this first broke, the, the the news release or the press release Kansas put out, calling themselves victims? Right. We're victims <laughs> in this. I mean, the nerve.
0: But But it's so interesting because, you know, at the end of the day, what that court case was all about was the the government trying to prove that the programs like Kansas were defrauded by because they were recruiting players that were ineligible, but they didn't know they were ineligible. So they were painted in that court case as the victims of a crime in that instance. So it's not surprising that they would trot out the same line when they were trying to work uh, with the NCAA. Well, we're still
2: awaiting when we'll see uh, Oklahoma State make their way up to Hilton Coliseum this year, but the non-conference basketball schedule did come out. A couple of high- highlights the return trip from Oregon State after playing out in Corvallis last year. Uh, the Iowa game this year will be on the road. I guess the biggest one, it's one we've known about for a while, but going down to the Emerald Coast Classic, Florida, Illinois, and Oregon will be the teams. A real good group of four. That'll be in Niceville, Florida. But overall takeaway here, certainly well, those bye games usually are automatic wins after Florida EM last year, Jeez. though. I guess you can't put them in pen in the win column.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a good lesson to remember that you can't take anything for granted, even if you're playing a winless, you know, team that plays all of its non-conference games on the road against Power five, <laughs> 5 opponents just to collect paychecks. Right. Uh, but this is, I, I think it's a fairly typical, you know, probably Power 5 non-conference home slate. You get that nice tournament, you got the rivalry game that goes back and forth you got the big 12 big east challenge you got the sec big 12 challenge and then you just got a bunch of dogs and Mm -hmm. those are you know you buy those wins so that you can just warm up for the big 12 schedule because you know that that big 12 schedule and the the home and home with iowa every year is going to raise your strength of schedule enough to to not you know make you worry about whether you're going to make the Big 12 tournament based on that, it's going to be more about wins and losses than strength of schedule at the end of the day. So you just, you get those uh, buy wins and take care of business and those yeah. – and if you can't take care of business in those, you don't have to worry about the tournament because you ain't making it.
1: That's for sure. You know, we'll save Matt Campbell for a minute. Uh, let's finish up with the basketball, Dave and Trent. Trent and I, uh, during the uh, the pandemic and, and the nose and the uh, gap in sports, we've uh, chronicling uh, may once twice a week one of the better teams that uh, graced our state, uh, whether it be Iowa, Iowa State Drake or you and I. We settled today on the 2014 Iowa State men's basketball uh, team, a team that uh, won the Big 12 tournament, went into the NCAA tournament as a three seed man you look at that roster that's got to be one of these ones that Iowa State fans uh coaching staff and even members on that team look back and what might have been because boy oh boy they had some players on that team and then were upset uh once they got into the tournament and took on a number 14 UAB how do you remember the 14-15 Cyclones
0: when I think about that team, the first thing that comes to my mind is that comeback win against Oklahoma at yeah. the Coliseum. Yeah. Mostly because I got I got tons of entertainment out of people trying to take back all their tweets from the first half about how bad Iowa State was <laughs> yeah. and how Fred Hoiberg had lost that team and that they didn't care. And then Iowa State comes back to win. I wish I had bookmarked all those tweets. That would be great, that, you know, maybe throw those back in in people's faces. But uh, that that was the entertainment for me. Just let, much less just the. The kind of awe of watching a team go on a with a twenty point mm-hmm. you know run there to get back in that game and, and give themselves even a chance to win and you know it's that's just one of the most incredible things I've seen in in my time going to Hilton Coliseum much less you know maybe all, all my time watching sports so that's the first thing that comes to mind and then the second thing that comes to mind is yeah UAB the fact that they just laid a, a big fat stinking egg there on the court in Louisville in the first game of that tournament. Yep. Everybody's left wandering around going, what What? What do we do now? Right. We've got the rest of this tournament left. we got one of the best teams maybe in Iowa State history that, yep. that had the horses to make a Final Four run, and, and they're done after Round 1.
1: Yeah, it didn't seem fair. You know, we've got the highlights. I just want to play this just because what Hilton? you don't have a trend? No, I took it down. Oh, Sorry. did you take it yeah. down? Okay, I was going to say just because, you know, what stuck out to me listening to that was just oh. how loud Hilton was, Dave. I mean, it was unbelievable the comeback against Oklahoma, uh, I'm referring to. And then we had highlights from the Big 12 tournament when they picked off Kansas. And while it wasn't as loud uh, as Hilton was when the comeback, when the dunk happened, boy, when they picked off Kansas and zeros came up um, on the scoreboard, man, there's a reason they call it Hilton South, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and it doesn't get any better than when it is Iowa State and Kansas because those are the you know right. the biggest fan bases that turn out for that Big Twelve tournament, and they just go at each other uh, the whole game long, trying to be louder than the other side, and that just makes it that much more fun to to be in the in the house when a game like that goes down.
2: Bryce DeJean Jones only played five minutes in the NCAA tournament game. There's there's been so much talk about what was happening, what happened at halftime, but but even leading up to it, it was an incredibly talented team, but there were some of those rough moments, not just in the game, like you said, Oklahoma in the first half, but throughout that season. How tumultuous was it on on a day-to-day beat?
0: It was interesting because, if I'm remembering right as well, this is the season also in which Bryce DeZon Jones was suspended the game, uh, had to miss the Iowa game because... uh, some, something to do with loud music and marijuana. Oh, and whatever. And the I mean, di- yeah, All the details kind right. of get lo- yes. get yep. lost together. There, what I remember most is trying to it was when you know the night before that game, Fred Hoiberg, uh, you know, got the media together, and there was a huge turnout for this because it becomes this big story. One of their star players has mm-hmm. got got arrested, and he comes out to announce the suspension, and there was just this throng of, of reporters there, and Fred Hoiberg had no room to breathe, and yeah. that's the thing I remember about that more than anything is just trying to elbow my way into that, that crowd. And there was a whole discussion about, you know, how serious this was. They would found marijuana residue in the residence and there's no proof that he was actually doing this. And the reason he got in trouble in it in the first place is because there was a noise complaint and there was a lot of debate going back and forth about what the punishment should be. And I I thought at the time, and you know, looking back, I I still think that the one game suspension was probably the correct move there because you had to do something to get, to get the message through and as much to show your fan base as anything that you're going to be proactive about stuff like that as much to maybe get through to the player itself. But, you know, maybe that had, or laid some roots there uh, that kind of maybe hurt the relationship between Bryce DeJohn Jones and, and Fred Hoiberg. And, uh, you know, I was looking at the game logs for, for BDJ there down the stretch. He, his minutes diminished. He lost mm-hmm. his starting job at one point, you know, he only started one game in the back half of the big 12 schedule and, His minutes really diminished. He only played single digits in that Oklahoma game. only played 11 minutes in the first round against Texas in the Big 12 tournament. And just, as you mentioned, five minutes in that UAB game. And obviously, you know, his body language, his expressions were not good at all in that game. And it made it out very clear that it wasn't about his ability or his, you know, his contribution to the team on the court. It had more to do with stuff going on off the court.
1: Yeah, and I think there was something in the dorm rooms too. Wasn't he intimidating some fellow students or something leaving notes or I don't remember. Anyways, let's uh let's get the football. And Matt Campbell was out in the Ames community. You covered it earlier this week. Uh all uh, you know, he was he was um talking about the George Floyd uh, George Floyd situation and um we all have to be better. Uh you were there. What did he say and um kind of uh set the scene for us as to as to how it unfolded?
0: Yeah, there was a gathering Tuesday night. The, I think the Neil with me uh, demonstrations were happening across the country Tuesday evening. There was one at Ames out in front of City Hall, which is also where the police headquarters is located, uh, right in downtown Ames. And uh, I I'd been there for another protest on Saturday, which which went off without a hitch, very peacefully. And this one was a little more uh, better organized on Tuesday. So the, uh, the first caught the eye of, or what first caught my eye there was actually. Seeing some of some of the student athletes, some football players there, and then I was looking around a bit later, and there was Matt Campbell. And uh, at what point, um, uh, a, a resident got up and spoke very, very passionately about her experience in Ames with the East police department. teams. police chief uh, said a few words, and Matt Campbell said a few words. He spoke just very briefly, kind of spoke in, in generics, and uh, I think he just wanted to, you know, get the message across that uh, that he's aware of what's going on, and, and he's in touch with his teammates about this, and in communication. You know, and then he wants his players to be part of the community. And this is part of that. And you can say what you want about, you know, what whether the protests are right or what's going on between police and and the African-American community. But you can't deny that the generation of student athletes we're going through now are probably more culturally aware of, of, you know, not just politics, but what's happening in the world around them. Then uh, I I would venture to say this goes back before my time, but I would venture to say they're more aware of the, the culture than at any point since probably the '60s. And you can't you know be in a position in this day and age where you just say this is you, you're just going to stick to football, you're going to stick to sports, mm-hmm. and that's going to be it. You're not going to go out there and make your voice heard because if you do that, you're going to alienate your team. You, you see what happened with Florida, Florida State, State yeah. how yeah how fast Nor- you know Coach Norvell had to the Rectify that situation. Uh, the smart move and the right thing to do, certainly, it appears, is is to make sure that you know, as a football coach, you're not quelling your your student athletes' desire to express themselves. And you got to give Iowa State coaches and administrators credit uh, so far. You know, how, the way they've handled it is to say, you know, we all want to be on board with this cause. We want to get behind our. Athletes here, let them speak their minds and speak out about an injustice.
1: It gives me such hope, Dave Sproul. I think it's the young people that are going to lead uh, lead the change. And our are leading the change. I believe that this time it's um it's going to be more than just talk. It's listening, and I truly believe there's going to be action. Dave Sproul, thank you, Dave. Appreciate you coming on. Great down going down memory lane with you, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Dave. You bet. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Dave Sproul. K-A-S-I uh, in, the twi- in the Twin Cities. Uh, our sister not station. That far north. Not, not that far north. All the way to Ames. Dave Sproul. K-A-S-I in Ames. Lee Sterling joins us next from Paramount Sports. We take it towards noon. It's Miller and Condon. Thanks for being with us. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and one 10- oh in Altoona. final segment of the week. Murph and Andy coming up at 2. The Fanatics at 4. Saturday morning, pregame tomorrow morning. Sean Roberts and Emery Songer, they get underway at 8 o'clock. Right now, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Uh, he joins us every Thursday during football season, but he's back and uh, for at least four today, and we're grateful to have him on. Lee Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on, Lee Sterling. How have you been?
3: I, well, to be honest, with the first couple weeks, uh, just out of it. I mean, there was Twice I woke up and I thought it was Monday and it was Wednesday, and another time it was Sunday, and I thought it was Thursday. So, got my bearings eventually. I just started working out. I mean, that was one of the things I think that kept me sane. Worked out probably the most since I was in college. And. Watched a lot of TV. I, I, I now I understand why some people don't want to go back to work with all they have on HBO, Netflix, and Amazon uh, Prime.
1: I'm with you. I watched eight seasons of Mountain Men for God's
3: <laughs> sakes. I didn't see that one. I might yeah. have to. I might have to add that. Yeah. You know, there was there were, and and there was a couple surprises. I, uh, a lot of people like me had, had had watched Ozark, and I thought that was great. But I thought Succession, have you guys ever no, watched one? No, I haven't Succession?
1: watched that one, no. Uh-oh.
3: That is really good, the acting. So my daughter goes to an acting school, North Carolina School of the Arts, and she had told me about it, and I watched that one. And then probably the documentaries, probably the, the biggest surprise was Waco. You guys see that? I have not. Another one, no. Okay, so I'm saying, really, Waco? I know everything there is to know about Waco, but... It was told more from the Branch Davidian side, okay. but but don't let that scare you. I thought the acting was right on Taylor Kitsch. Remember who he is? I don't. <laughs> he played Tim Riggins in Friday Night Lights. I know that one, yeah. Okay, you won't even recognize him. He's not the big buff, you know, stud anymore. Now, when you see him, it looks like he lost 40, 50 pounds. Uh, it looks like he's got wiry, long hair with glasses, And his acting is on point. Also, Julia Garner from Ozark is in it. And six seasons, all are about 50 minutes each. And the first two two, uh, episodes were okay. And then it just takes off. It is really good. It was was my shocker uh, of this summer was we'll, we'll wake up.
1: I've got it on my list. Uh, so let's. Okay. So Trent and I early in the program, Lee, we're tossing this around. We're This is one of the things we we're looking forward to discussing with you, and it has to do with uh, injury reports, transparencies, consider, pursuant to schools, right, to college football, right. when it happens this fall. I mean, we've seen Oklahoma State. Uh, we've seen uh, one of the Mississippi SEC schools, either Mississippi State or, or Ole Miss, Alabama. Uh, point right. being that COVID is going to uh, be part of uh, – of some of these programs, how will they handle it? I mean, you know how coaches are; they don't want to—they oh, yeah. don't want to uh, give this information to any uh, their opponent that week. Well, the quarterback's well, sick; he's important quarantine. It's going to be a huge problem. How yeah, will there's, you, there's, as a they're handicapper, not
3: release the information? Right. So, as, if they're not going to release the information, I am certainly going to be following uh, the beat writers, and maybe some things leak out. And if they're not going to least there's going to be some surprises. there's yeah. going to be once or twice during the year I feel where you know I'm going to be on the right side and maybe the wrong side of you know four or five key players or four or five players that will not play in the game. so that's going to be part of it. you know if we don't have crowds, can you imagine watching a Seattle Seahawks game <laughs> without their crowd? I mean it's going to be worth I think I have it labeled as a four and a half point Uh, advantage for Seattle, the largest in the NFL, some others in college football like LSU. I mean, both those schools. I mean, Seattle, when you play in Seattle, you're good the other team for at least two, you know, illegal procedure penalties, uh, maybe added a couple sacks where the offensive lineman just can't hear the snap count. So you gotta factor in that. And how about in the NBA coming back? You know, you gotta factor in, I think it's gonna be the better coaching staffs. I mean, for instance, I'm down here in Miami, and they've been keeping tabs on all these guys. These guys uh, have Zoom calls every single day. They track uh, their workouts every single day. So, I think the better coaching staffs and, and the, the players who are usually, you know, really, you know, into it and and seem to do the right thing, they're going to have an advantage when they come back.
2: No doubt. And you mentioned that home field advantage. That's going to be a piece too. How about this one? It Maybe it's off the beaten path a little bit, but it's another one Ken and I talked about, is the difference between having a charter plane and going to a game and having a bus. And For football season, when you're talking about your upper classes, you're going to get up there the day early, that's got to be impacted. And how much do you look at that, or is it just too much? Do you get to a point where you say, I'm looking at too many variables and, and I'm getting away from really my pure handicapping?
3: So I, I think that, that you're gonna see these college students, I think the kids are gonna be fine. I think what's happening, they're gonna allow them, it looks like from what I'm hearing, an extra two weeks to prepare. So if they show up June, June between, July between 15th and 20th, instead of four weeks, they're gonna give them six weeks to get ready. Mm-hmm. And they've been staying on top of most of these kids also. So I think they're gonna have, instead of maybe three days where they're, you know, and and just T-shirts and helmets. It might be five or six. So, I think the transition is going to be a little bit slow. I think they're going to monitor these kids and 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 do the right thing. You know, maybe you know maybe what's happened you know in our society with the COVID and also uh, what's happened uh, you know over the last ten days. I, I think that there's a change, and I think people you know are going to be a little uh, more respectful of doing the right thing and and. And then, uh, yeah, you're going to have to factor in, you know, travel and things like that. Don't be surprised, though, if you see – this is a long shot. And I have not heard this from anyone, but I think this makes sense. Allow maybe some of these colleges – maybe Iowa would take on someone like Northern Iowa. Yeah. They don't play this year, do they? Uh, they do. Uh, yeah,
1: they do, yeah. But oh, Iowa no, State. They won't be playing. Uh, to use Iowa State. Iowa State, you and I, okay. this year, yeah.
3: Okay. Let them scrimmage maybe two uh-huh. weeks before the first game. So uh, – get their feet wet because there was no spring game, I think that probably uh, would, would possibly be the better thing to do. And even if you have to play an FCS opponent uh, like Miami here, we might have to play, you know, Florida A&M, or we might play uh, Florida Atlantic. Uh, I You know, put some of them on TV, too. You mm-hmm. know, so I think that'd be fun for the fans. The biggest question I'm hearing athletic directors are getting flooded, if only... 25 or 50% of the people are allowed to attend these games. People want to know, how, hey, where do I stand? How many games I'm, I'm going to be able to watch? But I think if we look at this from a perspective, and I'm one of these who looks at it from the glass half full, three, four weeks ago, we, we, we would have taken maybe just playing in the spring. Now they're going to play in the That's fall, it looks like. And, and uh, Iowa State is going to have a capacity of at least 50%. We're not sure... What I was going to do, Texas already said they're they're going to be at 50, and mm-hmm. with things getting better, I wouldn't be shocked if if more than half these stadiums uh, will be filled to capacity in the fall.
1: Fingers crossed, Lee Sterling, and you're absolutely yep. right. So you've got an extensive clientele. What will... I guess how will you approach Labor Day weekend for opening week yeah. per se where the Notre Dame uh, game is off with Navy in, in in Ireland and just put put push back uh to Labor Day weekend. So will you go easy? I mean if you would normally write out of the game would well, maybe you might have had one of your games of the year in week number one, mm-hmm. it could happen, right? But you've well, got I to kind of tread lightly, don't you?
3: Probably a little less. We're on a scale of 1 to 10. I might go an 8. We're okay. the average person because I'm studying all these games. I, I'll watch every spring game on tape or live. So I don't have that advantage this year, but I will watch. I'll break down every division 1 game that was played last year and I'll have every player broken down. So I'll be ahead of most people where I might normally be an 8. I might be a 6 or 7.
2: Interesting. Well, Lee, uh, coming up this weekend, it's UFC 250, and I see a uh, part of the card, what, your nephew or something there, Al Jermaine Sterling, is that right? <laughs>
3: hmm. We're brothers from another mother. Well, <laughs> certainly can't go against him. That is one fight I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. I think it as of all the fights, if you had to say a favorite for fight of the night, both of those fighters do like three things really well. Like Corey Sanhagen, he is a great puncher. Uh you know, he's so tall, six three from a distance, a great kicker, and he has that flying knee and Algermain Sterling has power, uh, quickness, and he's able to go from kicks into grappling about as quick as anyone. So that's just one I'm gonna enjoy, but uh certainly can't root against my namesake there and the funk master <laughs> over the sandman. But here's two I like. I like Alonzo Menafield. He's the second fight of the night on the preliminary card. He's minus 225 to win. I'm going to play him at even money to stop this fight within three rounds by a KO, TKO, or stoppage, some type of submission. He is just, this This guy has a motor like I haven't seen before. He's 9-0, 32, but a really young 32. Devin Clark, kind of a journeyman. Uh, he's nicknamed the Brown Bear. I think Alonzo Menafield is going to put the Brown Bear into early hibernation there. And then another fighter like oh you're always looking for the great story, Ian Heinisch. Are you guys familiar with his story at all? No. Okay, so his parents lost their home when he was young. His parents then get divorced. Kid falls in with the wrong crowd. Ends up when he's eighteen, he ends up moving overseas, getting doing the wrong thing, gets busted for selling drugs. He ends up getting jailed for a couple years Now, you want to visit the Canary Islands, but he ends up being jailed for a few years in the Canary Islands. Come back and finds out he has a hold uh, coming back to the United States to start fighting. And he has to spend a year in Rikers Island. These are two of the worst prisons in the world. And overcomes it. And he is one of these guys that's getting better and better. He's done a lot of training in Thailand. One of the best grapplers I think at one twenty five he has the best value tonight on the card.
1: Good stuff. Lee Sterling got any early we got thirty seconds left. Lee, any early yep. bird specials for football at Paramount Sports, anything like that?
3: Yep, use coupon code SAVE seven hundred, just eight ninety seven. Never had the price that low for the entire college football and NFL season. Paramountsports.com, coupon code save seven hundred. If you want to get the five fights, we've won nine of the eleven fight cards since we started putting out mma one of my employees is a former mma fighter just five selections 55 paramountsports.com lee thank you good to
1: talk to you love picking your okay, brain you
3: two guys stay safe
1: yeah you do the same lee Sterling from paramount sports uh the athletics laying off eight percent of their staff
2: i just uh i'm reading through the article right now on that and you pointed that out to me didn't expect
1: it. No, I mean it's so cheap, such a great value. I think. I mean, look, it's ever, not everybody's going to do it, but mm-hmm. anyways, and we don't know any names. No, currently. no, there's been no names associated. I think the, the call just came, uh, the internal call just came, and somebody put it on Twitter right away. So, the Athletic, which we still both feel is the uh, where we will turn in the future for um, for our sports journalism. Laying off eight percent of their staff. Yeah. Thanks everybody.
2: Looking at this and uh boy, it just has a list of of online companies that have had layoffs and pay cuts during the pandemics. Uh the, the pandemic, The Athletic, Hollywood Reporter, Fortune, Billboard, Economist Group, Group Nine Media, BuzzFeed News, Vox, Bustle, Cheddar, Maven, Geo, Protocol, and others. It mm. just it goes on and on and on.
1: Well, we're not going to any longer because we're running out of show. That We've got we the Bruce Lee ESPN 30 for 30 on Sunday night. What else we got this weekend? The Knoxville, I mean, I'm not that we will partake in going, but glad that they're out there. I'm not sure if there's tickets available. I kind of would be surprised if there is. It'll Wouldn't you? be a you? busy event. I think it'll be a very popular Hang out at event. the Dingus, have a cocktail. Yeah, right. Before you make your way in. All right, uh, Murph and Andy will make their way in at two. The Fanatics at four, as we mentioned. Roberts and Songer tomorrow morning, Saturday morning pregame. And then the uh, pre uh, the uh, morning rush will lead off our Monday programming at six. We're Miller and Condon weekdays 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KX and 106.3 FM.